So Jacob, what a change. I, I forgot to bring headphones for Rami Real. Why did you do that? <laughs> you had one job. I had one job. One job. I whole t- and, I, and here we are, live. Live. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Live. I Everybody's watching. It. The world is the watching. The world is watching. And, and I did bring headphones. I know. I said, I said, no, before we go to Las Vegas, yeah. I, I've got cables, I've got microphones, you I've do. got a laptop, I've got audio equipment. I just don't know if I have room for headphones yeah. for Ramiro. Yep. Yep. And you said, I got you covered. I have the headphones. You take everything else. <laughs> I'll take the headphones. And all, I did not bring headphones. All jokes aside, it's yeah. totally on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, if you're wondering why our, we have a guest here, Jacob, we have a free We do. We, we have We are to. so lucky. We're we, so honored. We are so honored. We have a guest. And you could already hear a very jolly, lovely laughter. In the <laughs> so you, you know the audience can have that sense. They know this is going to be a fun show. Okay. We're going to have a good time. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Ramiro Cavazos. Thank you for joining us. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank you so yes. much for coming where, on the show. Where are my headphones? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? Oh, man. Um, you know, uh, I feel like I've got uh, just right under here. Yes. I'll no, be honest. Right. I played blackjack and I used them on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I was really down. That and was the would, last bet. That was the last bet. I was like, how much for these headphones? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because for awesome. those of you who don't know this, uh, we were at the uh, the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and then this this is the I'm going to get the convention name right. So then. It is the our, na- our 42nd annual national conference, yeah. and we're meeting at the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. yeah. So we're out here in fantastic Las Vegas, Nevada. We are. On Raider game day, yes. no, no less. Yes, so it's, I know. So yeah. it's, it's packed here. And this, so Jacob's, you know, he's all he's got left is what you see on him. Everything yes, else has been gambled. I've lost everything. I've lost. My <laughs> wife is going to be so disappointed in me, but I'm having a great time. No, I love this hotel. It's a beautiful location, and, and so far it's been great, and I'm really excited about this convention. And uh, we're in the captain's room. We look we look it's so nice. sleek. Look yeah. at this. Yeah, it, it looks like a captain's room. Well, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. We walked in here. I was yeah. like, this is this is like on, on a ship. On, on, you know, this is like the bridge of a ship. This is where, where the captain gets to, yeah, to, to hang out. It's on like the wood and everything it's really nice yes it is yeah, it nice. is and and you know i gotta say that uh you know i thought i i dressed to look nice and then ramiro walked in the door and i went wow <laughs> well, i'm a little yeah. overdressed oh uh, no here's the thing it doesn't matter what we do we're never gonna look as good as no you. It's no just not, it's not, no, no <laughs> we have a face for radio <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's get started. Let's kick off a little bit. I, what we love to do on the show is g- give our audience a chance to meet you, to yeah. get to know you, and, and hear about your journey. You know, like sure. what what led you to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, sure. the, the, this is a this is a this has become a really massive chamber, right? The U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce is is it's Huge. it's fantastic, right? Yeah. And and so you know you're at the helm of it, so there must have there must have been a story here. Well, I mean, it, it's an organization that was started by five business people 42 years ago in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Men and women who felt that the Latino community was not at the table sufficiently enough sure. from an economic development standpoint. And yet the irony is this is a nation, as, as many folks know, that was founded by the Spanish and, and was formerly significantly Mexico. And over the years, uh, the value system had changed in this mm. country as other immigrants uh, came. And so for us, it, it's not that... Latinos are better. It's just that 
We think they are. We, we do. We, <laughs> we feel that we have created this country over the years, over the last 500 years, the culture that is America is part of our Latino culture, and it's now part of our DNA. And so we're very proud of the entrepreneurship of these people. And so I'm, I'm very fortunate to work as the, the head staffer for a, a team that represents our national network of 260 Hispanic Chambers of Commerce wow. from Hawaii to Puerto Rico, uh, Alaska, Florida, and of course, Wisconsin, all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley and Rhode Island uh, Northeast. So it, it growing, 20% of the population, and a huge economic impact. Yeah. Well, truly oh, from we, sea to shining sea. Yeah. That is the expanse. <laughs> and then at the end of the sea, all yeah. the way out to an island in the middle of Another the ocean. Another one, that's right, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, you you got to add that yeah, addendum yeah, to yeah, the song, you know, true. sea to shining sea, out a little bit, then back again. It's you funny know. you talk about, about the culture um, and, and how much of American culture is, you know, part of the Latino culture, right? Because, you know, Rio, Rio Grande, right? Rio Grande River. Yeah. 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 Grande. We're, we're, yeah. From, we're from California. That's what they always call it, right? Yeah. Say, California. Every <laughs> street, every street, every city. It's all got that Latino uh, influence. Absolutely. There's so yeah. many, I mean, particularly down in this part of the, in this part of the country, right? in, the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the Southwest. I mean, it's, it's, it's every name. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it is. Yeah. I mean, you, if you look at the 50 states, California, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, even Nevada. Nevada means snowdrift in Spanish. So and Arizona's got to be, you know, in Arizona, and then even Montana, wow. next to Canada, Montana yeah. means mountain in, in Spanish. So there are at least ten states. Florida means of La Florida, flowery yeah. uh, state, because yeah. that's what the first settlers saw was right. this beautiful. Uh, uh, location and so if they had seen an alligator what would it have been called <laughs> <laughs> well they probably had, would have named it lagarto, lagarto. <laughs> welcome but, to lagarto yeah, yeah, but it would not have been as nice as la florida <laughs> yeah, or florida yeah, yeah. but you know the, uh, you know 20% of our states ca- come from uh, the spanish language their name and of course if you look at at america 20% of our population hispanic and the, the thing that I want to point out, people don't know, 80% of the 63 million people that live here that self-identify as Hispanic uh, are, you know, born here. They're yeah. eighth or ninth generation. All you hear is that, you know, the immigrants this, the immigrants that. You know, we're all immigrants to this country, except for Native Americans, as you all know, if, you, if we know our history. And so I'm very proud that, that, uh, that this community... Um, it, you know, is the fastest growing consumer uh, for all Fortune 1000 firms. It, it, if you look at states like New York, Illinois, Colorado, Florida, Arizona, Texas, Nevada, and California, the, all those states, major states, uh, I think I mentioned New York also, big growing Latino populations. Yeah. And Latinos are Afro-Latino, we're also black, sure. mm-hmm. we're Asian, if we're Filipino Latinos or, or Korean Panamanian Latinos, right. and then uh, we're also white. We have a lot of uh, Caucasian, uh, you know, in our community, mm-hmm. people that came from Europe, Spain, yeah. and, and people that were already here. So this is uh, not a race, yeah. it's an ethnic group. And yeah. so, quite frankly, anybody can be Latino, and, uh, and it's a, the, I think it's part of the, the culture that is so welcoming. Um, That's what we keep telling people when we break into the rooms. That we're like, we're, we're Latino, too. We're, <laughs> we're Latino, too. Part of that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, that was so well put. Yeah. That was really, really well put. Um, and I love that. I love, I love the sound of that. You mentioned Texas, and I believe right. you're a Texas man, aren't you? I am. I'm born and raised in Texas. I'm a, a 
speaking of, of having settled, uh, my family came over 300 years ago in South Texas when it was Mexico and Spain. Yeah. Uh, we still speak Spanish in my family. When people ask me, and I'm a seventh generation Texan, they ask me, well, what are you? And, and uh, usually we'll say, I'm Tejano, <laughs> or I'll say Mexicano, even though you know I'm, I'm as American as everyone else. But it's a way of, of again, just kind of uh, drilling down within our, our ethnic groups where we're from and yeah. what part of the country. Over 30 countries that Latinos come from that come to this country uh, over the years or, uh, you know, that were already here. So uh, I'm from Texas, born and raised uh, in what is known as the Rio Grande Valley, the Rio Grande <laughs> River, uh, which is called the Rio Bravo on the Mexican side. Um, you know, my family was on both sides of the river. We love to tell people the, the you know, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we grew up with, in I, my... South Texas upbringing, 95% of the folks were, were Hispanic. And so our mayor, our county judge, our mayor, our elected officials, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, superintendents, everybody was Latino. So when I went off to college in Austin at the University of Texas, you know, I, I, I was shocked that I was one of 3% there yeah. on campus. But that resiliency of growing up and having self-confidence, self-esteem, mm -hmm. Uh, is so important to pull you through, and, and for any of us, not just Latinos. And so, so very proud to be from Texas. I also know that uh, you know Texans are very independent, and uh, <laughs> we just spent a week there last week. We oh, did. We were the just most there. hilarious. Oh, well, uh, absolutely independent. Uh, well, That's so great. And, and you know, not all Texans agree with other Texans. <laughs> uh, we saw that too, actually. We, we and, uh, and so, it's a very diverse state. A lot of new people have moved there. Yeah, but it's. 30 million people, so second to California. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, my family, most of my family is there. I get to work in Washington. That's where our headquarters office is at. So I commute from Texas. Uh, and But the fact of the matter is that most of our travel is to visit our chambers and our communities. So we were going to move to Washington, but my wife has her own career in the energy industry. There's no... Uh, doesn't make any sense to punish her and take her career away because, uh, you know, I had a job in Washington. But I'm very fortunate that our board of directors have said, if you keep doing what you're doing, hitting the milestones, obviously a big part of your job is reaching out mm -hmm. to community. You're going to be on the road anyway in this job. Uh, why move your family somewhere? And you're not going to be there yourself. So sure. we've been very fortunate, great board of directors. The, we were virtual before COVID hit, so we were already before it was uh, cool. Before yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhat cool. Set right? the trend. A, so we we just uh, uh, again uh, I, I use Texas as a platform because I used to run the San Antonio Hispanic mm -hmm. Chamber of Commerce, which was America's first Hispanic chamber, founded in 1929. Nice. I will say I was not there at the beginning. But I, uh, I That's know a surprise, but, but uh, <laughs> I, I, but I, I learned uh, my trade, my economic development uh, and chamber training. So when this job opened up three years ago, I wasn't going to apply for it because I thought they need to hire a powerful uh, Latina at the time. The yeah. Me Too movement was was uh, happening, and I thought, what better way to send a message totally. than to hire Latina? And so I just threw my hat in the ring as a marker. And as I got into it, I realized that it needed to be rebuilt and reorganized and really become a powerful organization based on the fact that you had somebody leading it. 
that was responding to the needs of the chambers mm. and our community that was not in an ivory tower in Washington, or, but really uh, a servant leader that would listen to the needs of our small business community because the needs are so great. And then, of course, COVID hit. None of us saw that coming. But we have really um, adjusted and uh, grown because our members have all been creative and innovative mm. to survive. And yeah. so I'm very, uh, you know, our businesses, uh, uh, you know, fail at a, a lower percentage rate than their non-Latino uh, counterparts. And that's because we're hungry, we're, we're, we're uh, uh, thriving, and, and we're, we're creative in trying to survive, get contracts, get capital, support one another. Yeah, and well, the, part of that is a culture of our of our community. Yeah, that was, I was going to say that the last point you made, I mean, having, having organizations like this one to, to call to for like help, like, gosh, I'm in trouble here. I'm having this problem. I need, I need help with that. It's, it's so important to have a community to come into to, to help. I get mean, this I, I, you know, each of our chambers became an, an, uh, an emergency room mm. for small businesses during this time. And some of them themselves were in danger of shutting down because their members said, I, I can't pay my dues. So wow, a lot yeah. of members were suspending their membership, a lot of chambers. And so we did our best to put chamber grants out there, small business grants, uh, thanks to our corporate partners and, and to other uh, foundations. And so our job is not to keep the money in Washington, it's to put it out yeah. in the community. So more than $2 million we put out there, capital for our chambers and their members. And then when the Paycheck Protection Program came, we had to really get the word out and and get our 501c3, our nonprofit chambers, C3s and C6s, also apply for PPP. They were not part of the original, um, you know, CARES Act, right. and so even our chambers were able to survive like a business would by applying for those funds, which were forgivable. So uh, we're we're just so proud of of the resiliency. But those chambers, each of them. From sea to shining sea, uh, <laughs> and the island, and, yeah. and, and the islands out there, uh, each of them is an economic oasis for that community. And you just mentioned the the you know the partnerships; they've created an ecosystem, a, a network, mm -hmm. a family where they support one another. Because yeah. small business owners tend to just do their job and and not bother anybody. Absolutely, but they had to come out of the woodwork and find capital and find mm -hmm. contracts. And, and training and, and access to the, our programs and others to survive. And, and, and then they've invested in each other. Small businesses yeah. sent business to one another because they knew if they didn't do that, they'd all uh, yeah. not survive. So it's been a, a, a huge learning experience for us and knowing how interconnected we are as a community more than we ever thought. And also the tremendous acts of kindness mm. that people did for one another, not just Latinos, everyone, to make sure that we we come out on the other end of this COVID that is relentless and hasn't stopped right. to really uh, have a stronger economy, uh, have an economy where we support one another and, and we create jobs and, and uh, wealth for all communities. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's been a huge learning experience, but it's been an honor to work for the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce doing this work during probably the hardest times. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pretty amazing how, how uh, if you can do it, if you can survive, if you can make it through the disaster, you really do come out the other side of it better yeah. somehow. You know, and that's, yeah. that, that's great to see. And so we, go, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. We, we, uh, we are an environmental show. Yes. So we, we want to dig into that a little bit. 
Uh, I'm actually curious, have, have you found in, in the business community that, that the environment is starting to become a topic? Is that something you're, you're starting to have to look at? It, it's the most important topic uh, of our time. Uh, there's no question that uh, global warming mm -hmm. is real. Uh, uh, facts are the facts. And, um, you know, we embrace data because, you know, it drives our policy decisions. So I'm, I'm glad that, that during this time, uh, you know, we're working with our members to provide energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. It's actually a way actually a way of saving money yeah. for small businesses. We have a, a program with Toyota called Green Bills Business, okay. where we teach small business owners around the country uh, to uh, be um, you know, efficient with their costs by actually recycling, doing energy efficiency, you know, uh, renewable energy. Sure. It, mm -hmm. it is, it's not just an innovation that's a wave of the future. It's a necessity as, as far as we, we um, feel. And so I'm, I'm glad you all are focused on the environment because, uh, you know, quite frankly, this, this country um, has an amazing environment that we need to protect. And, uh, and, and we need to realize that when we see hurricanes, uh, sustain the the damage that they do yeah. uh, a lot more than uh, 10, 20 years ago. Um, you know, the droughts that we're seeing that last 10 years yeah. uh, in the West, uh, you know, that creates economic damage for yeah. our communities. And so for us, everything is tied to the environment economically. Yeah. yeah. You said something, and that's what I was about to say, which was the when you were talking about this interconnectedness with all of us, and then also how small business and business owners focus so much on their personal responsibility, that is such a great parallel for what we're all doing for the planet as well, right? right because right. there is this sense that you have two camps that it's just all about, we've all got to come together, and it's not about the individual changes. And then you've got the other camp that says it's all about the individual changes and there's, you know, nothing right. else that can happen. But it's it's both. It's it both. It's 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 being a part of to all of us together and making those little it, adjustments. It, it is. I mean, I, I I have two boys, 15 and 12. It's the best thing I've ever done is to become a dad. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I, I became a dad um, later in life uh, for the first time. And I now see things through their eyes that I never would have imagined. And you know, they are, not only are they digital natives, but they're uh, very up to speed on, on what's going on. Yeah. And, and even uh, within my family, I have a son that, that you know, loves Tesla and, mm -hmm. and wants me to buy a Tesla. <laughs> and I have another son that wants me to get a muscle car. And, <laughs> but they both acknowledge that both technologies, fossil fuel and, and of course, you know, renewable uh, you know, electronic, uh, uh, you know, uh, technology need each other. Yeah. And that, that is something that, because even building solar panels requires fossil fuel. Yes. And, and mm -hmm. so, you know, that's a kind of fun conversation we have in the car uh, when we're driving. But the, the, the point that I wanted to make, Eve, every one of our companies that's a member that is an energy company, huge global operations, they themselves have uh, renewable or hydro or uh, some type of, uh, you know, uh, initiative to blend fossil fuel with this new technology that's going to save the planet, quite yeah. frankly, and save their own economy. And so there's an acknowledgement that we need both. In fact, I wanted to mention that we are having, uh, so we've decided for the first time as 
the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce on Earth Day yeah. in 2022 to plan an energy summit. Nice. And we're going to do it. it in Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Uh, and I um, believe it's April 22nd of 2022. That's Earth Day. Uh, and uh, we're just excited about it. We're putting that marker out now. So all of our big energy companies and, of course, also suppliers and companies that focus on the environment, that we have a conversation, an honest conversation, with everybody at the table. We haven't designed the, the program yet, but we've put that date out there. It'll be in New Mexico, where we have a strong set of Latino chambers, and uh, you know, also a, a state uh, that has probably the most uh, uh, far-reaching, innovative uh, legislation on renewable energy. And that's the second largest fossil fuel producing state in the country, right. yeah. New Mexico, next to Texas, but that state has the number one guidelines and, and regulations focused on how do you get to the next level when it comes to environmental yes. protection. So we're very, we'll be sharing more information on that, but it is April 22nd, 22 in Albuquerque and in Santa Fe. I think we're having a welcome reception at the governor's mansion in Santa Fe uh, and uh, and then we'll do most of our sessions in Albuquerque, where the great Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce. Uh, one of our board members is Ernie C. DeBaca, and uh, he is a big champion for this. So really, it's his vision that's brought this forward. That's so actually exciting. a perfect spot for it because New Mexico is is a, is. I mean, as you said, they're sort of a, a leader in the concept of the transition, going from a from a fossil fuel based state to one that could potentially very easily become a huge generator of energy that's renewable because you got you got plenty of wind and you got plenty of sunlight right yeah. right there's 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 a, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity there to, to to kind of to transition themselves and to sort of lead to a, a new area so it's so it's really it's pretty pretty apt pretty perfect to have a, a convention around energy and even energy transition on earth day in that that spot so it's, yeah, it's great. we're that's excited exciting, and, yeah. and new mexico's also struggled with uh the huge droughts in the West. Yeah. Uh, it's impacted their economy and their tourism. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. I mean, we don't have all the answers. Uh, I know I don't, but, you know, we are committed to representing the needs of our citizens, our economy, our small businesses. And many of them uh, want us to be on the cutting edge of the environment because they, uh, they know what everybody knows, but we do have two different camps. I'll acknowledge that. Some folks are resistant yeah. of the, the data, the facts, the reality of the future, and the fact that we are going through a time where we need to act now or else we may impact ourselves negatively for years to come. And as a nation, we should be leading that conversation, not lagging other nations like Europe uh, and Asia that are you know, way ahead of us when it comes to protecting the environment, air quality, and, uh, you know, being innovative with technology. I mean, most of the technology in the world that we invent, we don't even use when it comes to energy, um, uh, even like uh, the bullet train. Right. For example, yeah. the Shinkansen in Japan, that magnetic uh, rail yeah. that goes 150 
200 miles per hour yeah. was invented in the U.S., we have yet to incorporate that in our own nation. Well, and it's it is it is a little sad, right? When we we had a, a grant in California specifically for let's make that let's make that underground bullet train that yeah. takes you to you know, San from, Francisco, from, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. from yeah. LA to San Francisco in in, tw- in 20 minutes at a thousand miles yeah. an hour yeah. or something. Yeah, and then they did it like the the money just went to consultants. Tr- we have a, we, <laughs> we have a quarter plans. hole under the ground in LA. We have this little tunnel that was partially built. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, maybe the the consultants were faster. Yeah, than oh, the technology they, yeah. to get to the money. But yeah, we. Do, does that is that yeah. a problem that you have to you you, you run into and in, with with businesses? Do they get the you frustration know, I, I, where, where money doesn't doesn't get to the programs that are needed for for business for small business or or has that worked out okay? We for? we always have to we we do trust yeah. people, but we have to verify. Sure. In the words of former President Ronald Reagan, you know we 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 need to make sure, especially with small business grants, yeah. chamber grants, we always uh, you know make sure to decentralize those decisions. We should not be deciding in Washington the 200 small business grants that we want our chambers to award. Uh-huh. We should, and the way we operate, we, we trust our chambers. Yeah. We, we give them the tools that they need and the funding, and we tell them, you pick the small business owners. Yeah. Uh, these are just the, the raw parameters. And so I do think that you need to give people space uh, to make mistakes, absolutely. Uh, and I think that that uh, to your question, th- there is a, a cottage industry mm-hmm. uh, in some places that is so bureaucratic that if you award an initiative or a program, uh, that sometimes the actual um, action or the execution of it yeah. never happens because yeah. all the money got used for consulting, right, or for uh, you know. Public relations, right? And and so uh, yes, optics and messaging are important, but you know we uh, we need to have um, action items that we can see through to the end. And uh, you know, I, I that's how I love to operate is that I, I love to put my action uh, items every day uh, within our little space uh, of world, and I love to check them all off because, yeah. quite frankly, yeah. you could be talking for years about stuff and it never gets done and uh i you know talk is cheap yeah. uh words uh you know sometimes uh, are not as strong as as the actions and so for me i i really agree with you that uh, that's what disappoints a lot of u.s citizens too is that you know uh, we have seen this time and time again yeah. and and i believe that that we need to change the way we do business and make sure that we we do what we say we're going to do, yeah. and and I, I think that on, that's on our elected officials. Yeah. Uh, the sad thing is, not the best people run for public office right. in this country. It's not something they desire to put themselves out there. It, it's uh, well, the, the ones know. who you'd want to run for public office are often so busy doing the things that they don't have time to run for public. <laughs> well, that's no, that's a big <laughs> part of it. That's very true. They are too smart to yeah. run for public office. I don't yeah. mean to insult. Anyone that's an elected oh, official. Oh, we're happy. We had so people on time. You know, we're but, comedians. But so. I, I, they know it's a funny show. No, but, uh, <laughs> but regard, you know, I love to tell people we're not at the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We're bipartisan. We're not red or blue. We love to say yeah. we're red, white, and blue. Love it. But our favorite color is green. green is the environment and green is money yeah and so and i've said that before publicly and you know of course it it gets a rise out of people 
But um, you know, it's I, I just bottom line. I mean, but it's the bottom line. It yeah. is. You do. You can't. You can't. If you have a passion for the environment like we do, I mean, that's one thing we've realized with with biofriendly is, is, like, we can sit here and talk and be happy about the environment and try to say nice things. But if we don't out, go out there and actually do, do things that create it, yeah. some revenues to help support programs and to actually make things happen, right? Then nothing's I mean, if, happen. I mean, money is the is the measurement of energy. If you want to get things to happen, you need you need it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and this this uh, right down the middle. This idea. First of all, I love that red, white, and blue. Yeah. Their colors green. We're stealing that, Noel. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, the official line of the, the official line podcast. of really podcast. <laughs> no, we, we, I, what, what we lo- what I love about it is this idea of coming back to the center. We've been far too long, and it's been getting worse and worse. Of camps, yes. you know, we keep talking about that. And even earlier, when we were talking about energy sources and moving to renewables, but still needing fossil fuels to be part of the conversation. And that's what a lot of people forget, is that you can't start excluding. We all have to work together we do. and figure this out. And we need each other. We, we need each other. We need to find a way to work with our uh, enemies. Yes, I mean, absolutely. There's no other way to say it. You cannot keep ignoring each other and yelling at each other or talking to each other through others. You know, um, the Washington is broken right now. Yeah. The yeah. way decisions are made. You all know that. And there's some and so a saying that I stole. Somebody said, well, the plumbing's broken in Washington. True. And and instead of bringing in more mops to pick up to clean up the water, we need to have people come in and fix the plumbing. Yeah. Fix get to the pipes. We we yeah. need to get to the pipes. We yeah. need to fix the plumbing. And that plumbing needs to connect, you know, the the folks that right now aren't talking to one another and connect directly to them. And, and we see that with our own eyes. It, it's very disappointing when we're trying to advance issues for our members, be it environmental issues, small business issues, or trade issues, and these people are unwilling to work with one another or even speak to one another. And so for us, our job is to set the tone, the yeah. example. We have uh, on our own board, it's a small board of 22 people, but we have a diverse board uh, it's elected by a committee, and we have Republicans, Democrats. We have young people, older people, different ethnic groups. We need to set the tone. Our staff, the same mm-hmm. way. Yes. You know, you can't you can't uh, just tell people what they should do. You need to walk the walk. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and we've noticed that by the way. That's you know between the the, the pre event we went to a month and a half ago, or whatever, mm-hmm. and in this one, just the, the the team here is fabulous. You fabulous. Got, you got a great group here. Uh, it's Thank you. Wonderful love it. people, and and the business owners are all just so energetic and wonderful, and, and we love it. Passionate, and it's it's been a really really great experience so far, and we can't wait to enjoy the rest of the Thank conference. You. I think we've we you've been you more are than busy person with your time, and, and, and you gave it. You said thirty minutes. We don't want to take longer yeah, than, than, yeah, yeah. than we promised because yeah. uh, you know you got a hundred things to do. Yeah. But thank the, you all. Thank you both for for being here and for partnering with us and for the work that you all do. Um, you are educating people, and I think that's really what we all do here. If we if we care about those messages, so thank you for talking about the environment. Thank you for believing in it, and we look forward to working with you. Oh, that sounds great. Thank you so much. It was so, so great thank to have you. you. So have Amiro Cavazos. Yeah. Well, uh, so happy you joined us today. So should we just do the fastest fast tags, tags ever to get okay, out of here? You okay, to fast you have to watch this. He's, he's stuck as he watches this. Okay. Sometimes okay. we say our guests can leave, but we can't. He's stuck. He's here we go. Here, here, we here, are here. your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Carefully avoiding neonicotinoids. Oh gosh, we are the uh, we are we are the Siegfried and Roy and Meryl Streep of podcasts. This show is a joke. <laughs> uh, never believe. Step one: chill out. Uh, spilling the teeth since 2019. Technically perfect. And cheerio. cheerio. 
Bio-Friendly Podcast. It's the Bio-Friendly Podcast.